Hey, everybody. Welcome to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, where we talk stuff about Ohio State football recruiting. I guess sometimes I guess we could talk about basketball recruiting down the road, but right now it's pretty much just all football, Spencer, and that's the way I like it. If you want to talk about basketball, we can talk about basketball. I don't I don't think we know much about that recruiting class, but, you know, we can we can learn. Yeah, I mean, eventually maybe we'll have to learn about that as the Buckeye basketball roster continues to turn over a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. What is also here nor there is the recruitment of Henry to O2O, the transfer from Tennessee. Nothing has changed there, folks. I don't know exactly why uh, the Twitter has been a flutter with comments about Monday as some as a deadline. That was never uh, the case for Ohio State. I do not know entirely where that came from. Um, I don't know what the, the deadline is. If there is a deadline, I don't know. Um, but it definitely was not Monday. Um, and Spencer, I, I guess the thing is people are, are waiting for an answer, um, but there doesn't need to be an answer right away. And, uh, you know, here we are, it's May 4th. And at some point you figure this is going to come to an end. But um I think it's pretty clear that Henry Toto is still waiting for a final decision from the SEC on whether or not Alabama would be allowed to have, um, you know, uh, transfer play right away. That doesn't mean necessarily that I think he's definitely going to Alabama if that's the case, but I think they just want to have all the information. Yeah. And uh, Ohio State's not going to give a deadline to an all SEC linebacker when they need an all SEC linebacker caliber player on the roster right now. Um, they really need that 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 piece on the roster right now. So the deadline didn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is a, a hurry up and wait type of deal for Ohio State. You just kind of sit back and and um, hope that the, the decision in your eyes, it's the right decision is the decision he makes. And I don't think there's much else to say about it because there's just no real update. And I think the same can be said about uh, JT Tui Moloow that, you know, it's kind of a hurry up and wait thing where the, you've done all you can do right now, and now you're just waiting for for a visit from him and decisions from both of them. Yeah, with with Henry specifically, I mean, the, the situation is what it's been, and I've talked to a handful of sources, pretty well connected, and uh, on that recruitment in the last few weeks, and the answer has been the same every time. Which is, as I said on Letterman Live on Monday, the the direct quote was, "We're recruiting the hell out of the kid. We think it's the best fit for him. This is where." You know they think the situation is best, but it doesn't matter um, what what you do in this point. It really matters what the kid feels is the best fit. Um, the Buckeyes clearly believe that they are that best fit, and uh, since January have been recruiting him extremely hard. Um, and, and so I, I don't know that there's a, a timeline here. I think it would be surprising to me if it drags out much further. Uh, but I, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and, and throw a, a, a day because that's just not the way this is going to work. Um, and with uh, JT two E Molo Al, it's the Bingo. same thing. There, there has been no date picked for official visits yet, so there's nothing to say. I mean, it, I know it frustrates people to no end uh, because, as you said, it feels like there's just this constant kicking the can down the road. But that's sort of the way it is, and. Um, the Buckeyes are, are working hard to make sure that whenever those official visits for JTT get selected and whenever HTT makes his decision, that they are the choice. So, um, you know, that's, let's we'll just get that out of the way at the 
at the jump here of the show of talking stuff presented by buyers auto um, because it's the thing that people constantly want to know about. And um, const- it, it's like every year there's one or two of these recruitments going back to Zach Harrison or Paris Johnson, or it just, you know, I get it, but uh, there's nothing really that can be said. So what, yeah. what we can talk about Spencer is whatever you were just going to say, and then we'll talk about Kai Stokes. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say that it's one of those things where, you know, Ohio State's not going to put a deadline, like I said, on a former four and a half, five star SEC, all SEC performer, at linebacker. And they're definitely not going to put a deadline and put pressure, a five star, all world, potentially defensive tackle who could come and step in right away and, and potentially start. I mean, you're talking about two guys that are ultra talented that raise the ceiling of this already loaded Ohio State roster. And you're just not going to pressure those kind of guys into trying to make a decision. That's just not the way these kind of recruitments go. And so there's no point to continue to beat a dead horse, especially when we don't even know, you know, the specifics about the horse. So I think it's it's best if we move on and talk about Kai Stokes and other recruitments and, and just let these chips fall as they may. Yeah. And let me wrap that up with a bow here. There may be a timeline for enrollment at Ohio State for a transfer. I don't I just don't know what it is. And I'm sure it's out there. Um yeah, I've seen dates like May 12th. I've seen May 5th. Uh, all these dates just kind of get tossed around. I've seen, you know, the the one-time enroll transfer, a one-time transfer rule deadline is like now July 1st. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I can probably research that and find out, but the people that would know uh, that I would talk to are all on vacation this week, and so I'm not going to bug them. But um yeah, it's it's coming. So let's just wrap it up. And one way or the other, a decision is coming there. So, um, and, and then you want to talk about decisions that happened, and that takes us to Kai Stokes, the Sefner, Florida, Armwood High School um, defensive back slash athlete who committed to Ohio State on Sunday after having an Ohio State offer for five days without ever visiting Ohio State. Um, it's a whirlwind. I mean, it's that is, I guess. When you look at recruiting in 2021, Spencer, like that is the you know prototype of like how weird this can be right now because these kids are not going to wait if they have an opportunity at a place like Ohio State, Alabama, et cetera. Yeah, and I think the class is going to fill up relatively quickly uh, after these visits start happening. And so if Kai Stokes believes that this is the place for him and he has comfort with the relationship he has with the staff because we talk about comfort and relationships – Every single time we talk on talking stuff presented by Buyers Auto, if you're looking for an auto, go to Buyers Auto. Um, but if he's comfortable enough, and before June, he's going to lock in a visit in June anyways, and he feels comfortable to lock himself into a spot in this class, go ahead and do it. Because the class, in my opinion, at the end of June and July, is going to be pretty well stocked and, and maybe full. And so I think a lot of decisions are going to happen pretty quickly after these visits. Kids are going to go home after their five visits or four visits or how many they take. They're going to start making decisions and you're going to see classes all over the country fill up because people are just sitting on pins and needles waiting to to make decisions and get on these visits. And so I think it's smart for him not only to lock himself into the class, but to really solidify himself as a a high riser in this 2022 class because he's going to, you know, he's just going to continue to rise up the rankings. Yeah, so Kai Stokes, six foot two, 180 pounds. He has picked up offers from Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Miami, um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, all in the last two weeks. And I know that there's detractors out there that will see the three-star ranking or the number 77 ranked player in the state of Florida and, and, and wonder why Ohio State would reach at this point in the process. But 
Um, as I've said for literally a decade, Ohio State does not reach. They do not. Uh, I mean, they, they have reached it like offensive line a few times in the last handful of years when it gets down to, to the end of the cycle and you just need to fill a body. But they're not reaching in May for a defensive back from Florida. That's just not going to happen. And I mean, you know, you may see them offer kids that maybe they wouldn't take, but clearly they are offering Kai Stokes with the intention of, of accepting a commitment from him because they offered him last Monday and between Monday to Wednesday, uh, I mean, Thursday afternoon is when he actually committed to Ohio state. So like they went all in on him as a coaching staff and it wasn't one guy. It wasn't just Tony Alford because he's friends with the high school coach at Armwood. It wasn't just Kerry Combs. It was the entire staff because what they saw was a player that felt like a Josh Proctor type athlete, but with a, a really good, you know, head on his shoulders, a, a kid that's a three, seven GPA, whose family is, is a great family. Um, and the coaches that, that they really trusted the evaluations of and, uh, they, you don't accept a commitment from a kid like that, uh, a sight unseen, if you're not 100% sure. And I guess this is where it comes down to, like, how much do you trust the Ohio State staff versus how much do you trust a ranking on an arbitrary website? Yeah, that's that's the uh, golden question, I think, right now, especially with, you know, in normal years, you would say, well, that's stupid. Trust the staff because the staff knows what it's doing. And I agree the staff knows what it's doing, but also the talent evaluators at these websites they honestly might see more of this kid than the staff has right now. And so yeah. it's kind of a weird mix right now to really gauge where he fits into the, the recruiting rankings. But I'll tell you one thing, Ohio State does not care about recruiting rankings. And I think that's that's been made very clear by everybody in the building. And so if they believe that, that he could play at a high level and he can play in the secondary and make Ohio State better in the class of 2022, they're going to take a commitment from him. And I think that's what they that's exactly what they did. So, yeah. Yeah, when I look back and I, I I remember Malik Hooker being a six foot two, one hundred and eighty pound athlete who was, you know, ranked I think the number thirty three athlete or something in the country as a three star prospect in the class of twenty fourteen. And sometimes you just have to trust your eyes and trust your instincts when you're a coach. And uh, that's what the Buckeyes are doing with Kai Stokes. Uh, the the ten eight that he ripped off in the one hundred meter two weeks ago really sort of set off this avalanche uh, of big time schools offering. Because as I talked about with Bobby Carpenter on Letterman Live, sometimes football film can be a little misleading. You don't really know exactly how fast someone is because you don't know who they're playing against. You don't know what type of competition they're against. But when you have an electronically timed, verifiable 10 eight in a 100 uh sub 22 in the 20 in the 200 you get a much better sense of exactly how fast kai stokes is um and, and you start to realize that what you see on the film is actually what he is running and that that makes a big difference and and then i said you topple that with everything that he is off the field um the type of leadership that he provides his team at armwood and if you haven't read the analysis piece on lettermanroad.com. You should probably do that because his coach uh, it raves about him in that piece and um, not just what he can do on the field, but who he is off of it. And as we've talked about over and over and over and over, Ohio State is looking for people that are, are better than just good football players or not just great athletes. They're looking for people that are going to fit from a culture standpoint. Um, and this is exactly that. And that's why you take a commitment from a three star and, and you say, hey, we trust our evaluation more than we trust these, you know, recruiting websites. And 
to be honest, I mean, Kai Stokes doesn't even have a composite ranking. So it's only one website that's ever evaluated him. You don't have like an industry um, sort of, you know, agreed upon like, hey, this kid can be this or this. It's, it's one person who probably saw him one time and created a profile. And then you lose all the summer camps and all that stuff last year, Spencer. And all of a sudden, you just don't know what anyone really is in the class of 2022. And it's what we've said all along. There's going to be new offers and new names that pop up here that are going to change the way that this class looks. Yeah. And I, I do believe this morning he was given a composite ranking because I was doing some show prep and he finally has a composite ranking. So I'm pretty sure the other services were like, he's going to Ohio State. I think we should probably get him, uh, you know, at least in our database. And so yeah. it is interesting now that he has a, a composite score, but it's still a pretty low one. I'll, I'll tell you this, but I promise Kai Stokes will not finish in this class as a three-star prospect. He will, yeah, that he will not. And it's interesting that you talk about his track speed because there, there's a, there's a defensive back that I watched in high school run the hundred and the 200. And then I watched his film because I wanted to compare Kai Stokes to him. He was only 5'11". Kai Stokes is 6'1". Denzel Ward was blazing fast in high school. And it's interesting that, that Kai Stokes is getting the Josh Proctor comp because I kind of see a little bit of a little taller Denzel Ward in the way he plays or the, in the way he runs. And so it's interesting because I think he's versatile enough where he's never played quarterback before. I know we've made that clear. I think he's a guy that if Kerry Combs gets him in the room, I think he could look at maybe playing safety corner, you know, be one of those guys that can do it all because he's that athletic. And, and with that speed, you just wonder what his body's going to allow him to do and where he's going to end up in the defensive backfield. But it's, I think it's a steal for Ohio State right now. I agree. And I think that, you know, naturally it leads to the next questions from people is, okay, if Kai Stokes is a safety at Ohio State and he's now the third defensive back in this class of 2022 with Jaheim Singletary and Jair Brown, what happens? Where does Ohio State go? Is this because they feel bad about the way things are going with Xavier Wampa or they feel less confident about Zion Branch? And, you know, are they uneasy in those recruitments? And I think personally, don't you always feel uneasy until someone's committed? Like, Anything can happen, and we've seen that over and over. So this is a one of those scenarios where if Ohio State truly believes that Kai Stokes is on the same level as those guys, which they must because they would not have offered him and accepted a scholarship uh, commitment from him with while those other two are expected to make an official visit literally a month from today. They, they had no reason to hurry this if, if they didn't feel 100% confident. Um, but those two are still scheduled to visit. The Buckeyes are not changing anything, and I think that the real – thing to understand here is that they would like to have two or three safeties in this class, even though they signed two or three last year, because the way that the, the defensive backfield is shaping up for Ohio state. Now you've got that, that high safety, you've got that slot safety, you've got the will slash Sam slash or will slash bullet position that they're figuring out how to uh, deploy. And I, I think that the, the key is to understand that Kai Stokes, Xavier Wampa and Zion branch are all different. They're all different players and they all have different skill sets that Ohio State thinks they can use them all together. Um, and, and in a weird way, I think that the loss of Desan McCullough from the class allows that conversation to be had easier because there was some uncertainty about whether or not Desan McCullough was someone who could eventually be that bullet type linebacker or not. And so um, now you just sort of have a, at least a little more wiggle room in those conversations, I think. But Xavier Wampa is priority one for Ohio State and has been for a long time in the defensive backfield. Zion Branch is out in Las Vegas, and the idea here is that Ohio State is in the mix for sure. 
They are in the battle, but they've never felt, and nobody has ever really felt that the Buckeyes were the team to beat. Uh, and so it, it's not like you're, you're throwing away your opportunity with him, but you are certainly setting yourself up to be, uh, feel less pressure that you have to go out and land Zion Branch or Kamari Ramsey out in California, or Jaden Bellamy from New Jersey. There's all these guys that are out there, Jake Pope. I mean, there's so many so many names out there that have been brought up in the last few weeks. Um, but big picture, Xavier Wampa is different. Xavier Wampa is a kid that Ohio State has recruited the, the heck out of for a long time. He is not just you know priority one in, at safety. He might be the top target on their entire board at this point. Yeah, and I've said it before to you, and I see, you know, Xavier Wampa reminds me a lot of what Minka Fitzpatrick looked like when he was coming out of high school, and, and Ohio State was was right in the mix for him. The thing that I see in this secondary is Ohio State wants a bona fide star safety and then athletes around him. You, you have to land Xavier Wampa. After that, you know, it's Kai Stokes. It's the linebackers that that are versatile. You know, C.J. Hicks can run sideline to sideline. Uh Jair Brown, Jaheim Singletary, those guys can all fit in in this secondary if you have a dominant safety. And that's what I think, you know, Kerry Combs's defense were, were best when a safety was was ball hawking back there. If you if you think back to the first stint here. So I think that's what Ohio State's doing right now. Kai Stokes is a versatile guy who can play anywhere in the secondary. Xavier Wampa is a true star at safety. And so if you land him as the high safety and then you put the athletes around in that defense, it's going to be a very good defense for Ohio State and the defensive backfield will be better. And that's kind of the way I see it going. I'm interested to see if you agree with that, if you if you disagree. What what are your feelings on, on that? I mean, I think the, the beauty of a guy like Xavier Wangpa, the beauty of a guy like Kai Stokes uh, of Zion Branch, all these kids are versatile. They can do a lot of different things. And, and ultimately, it's not about what position Ohio State sees them in today. It's about what happens with their bodies two or three years from now. And so what you do is you take the best athlete at six foot two, 180 plus pounds that you can find and hope and make sure that it's the right culture fit. And again, that's where I think someone like Kai Stokes, and I, I think we need to be careful about being too hyperbolic when you, whenever you talk about high school athletes, because you don't know exactly how they develop. But I've said it before. Uh, I might've said it on a rapid reaction or, or something. Might've even been on talking stuff. I don't know. I, the goal for Ohio State is to find a Josh Proctor athlete with a Jordan Fuller attitude and aptitude at safety. You know what I mean? Like some guy you can put back there and let him do everything. What, maybe that's Xavier Wampa. Maybe that's Kai Stokes. Who knows? But the, the point is the Buckeyes are looking for the best collection that they can find and then move them around. And the way that offenses are changing around college football, Kerry Combs talked about this a few weeks ago when we got a chance to talk to the Buckeyes coaches after the season. The game is changing. And so Ohio State needs to find ways to be much more multiple on defense because, yeah, you still play the occasional Illinois slash Nebraska in the Big Ten. But if you want to win a national championship, you have to cover Devontae Smith. And the Buckeyes were not able to do that with the current setup of defense. And I think that you're going to see – uh, on that back half, that back seven, if you can find seven dudes who are six foot two, 225 pounds and all run a four, five, five, then you go get it. And, and then you have, you know, you don't need to have a corner who's five eleven and a safety who's six two. like get them all the same. It's, it's the Larry Johnson philosophy on the defensive line. Why have 
you know, a six foot three, 245 pound defensive end when you can have a six foot five, 290 pound defensive end who moves the same. Like there is no, there is no box that Ohio State's looking to check off and say, okay, well now we've got a 5'11 corner. Now we've got a six foot uh, three, 230 pound linebacker. Like they're just looking for the biggest, fastest, best athlete they can find at every position. Yeah, makes sense. I, that you hit the nail on the head there, and I think that's what they're doing. They're getting more versatile. You look at these Ohio State classes the last two years with the the defensive back collection in 2021 and what they're doing in 2022 already. It's just athletes, and and wherever they fit, then they'll fit, and that's where you start to play them, and that's where they develop, and then you you have a bunch of athletes just out running around making plays in the secondary, and that that's that's the way football's going. Yeah, and, and it's you know maybe some guy's skill set gears him up to be a little different. If you look at Ryan Turner, for example, down there in, in Florida, compare him to Kai Stokes. They're built the same. They have the same bot. You know, they're they're both listed in that six one, six two, one eighty pound range. But one guy's been playing corner most of his life. One guy's been playing safety. So now you start to project based on that what you see on film. But until the Buckeyes actually get an opportunity to work with these dudes like one-on-one and Kerry Combs can actually watch him run and see him turn and see what he like, then you don't know exactly what the plan is. So, so much of this 2022 class, which is what makes it fascinating is based on the evaluations of people who have seen these kids play and the, their coaches haven't. And so that, that's what makes it really fascinating. And um, so that's why when a player like Kai Stokes, who the coaches hadn't been hearing about from, outside sources or, you know, hadn't been seeing blow up the Twitter on on seven on seven camps or like, you know, AJ Harris, the 2023 defensive back who blew up on uh, at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden everyone offered the next day. Kai Stokes is not that way. This is Ohio State's coaching staff who got a chance to see a full season of junior film, went back, watched it, watched it again, watched it again, watched it again, and decided, hey, without all of the the national accolades, without all of the glitz and glamour, they said, this is a guy we want. And, you know, maybe that was pushed because Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida and everyone else did at the same time. I don't know. But, you know, the good news for Ohio State is that their relationship with uh, Kai Stokes and that high school and Ironically, because of the way that Ohio State as a football program handled Brian's need situation, it probably helped uh, because he got to see that the Buckeyes went to bat over and over for for Brian's need. And uh, as a kid from the same high school, you know, the families obviously all know each other. And I think that may have actually helped them uh, earn some points because they they realized that Tony Alford, especially who started the the recruitment of Stokes, uh, was going to go to bat for them. So um, I think we can put a bow on Kai Stokes here. He's going to make his official visit to Ohio state in June. He initially told me it's the 18th through the 20th, but he's trying to move it to the June 4th, June 6th weekend so that he can be there with everyone else saying that maybe it makes more sense for him to go on the 18th through the 20th because he would be kind of there by himself or, or with less people around. And for him wanting to build a relationship with the coaching staff, he might be thinking it's optimal to just get more one-on-one time that way. Now, that brings me to the June 4th weekend, which, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks now, is shaping up to be the big weekend of the summer for Ohio State, the big weekend of the entire year for the Buckeyes on the recruiting show. And Zach Rice, the five-star offensive tackle from Virginia, is the newest member of the class of 2022 to say he's going to visit that weekend. And Spencer, I'm at a point where I really am starting to think that Zach Rice may be like the most important recruit left for Ohio State to 
find a way to add in 2022 because after losing Keontae Goodwin, like you, you have to get one of these tackles. You have to. Yeah. Eventually you've got to hit on a tackle and, and you've got to be able to, to say that you can land that, that bona fide five-star tackle. And Ohio state was able to do it with Paris Johnson. Um, they developed Thayer Munford. So you, you don't have any questions about whether Ohio state can develop these guys, but when you have raw talent, that is a five-star talent. And then you develop him. That's when you start to see, first round picks at tackle and, and, you know, all Americans at tackle and Zach Rice has the ability to be that. And, and he, to have him as a tackle and Quinn Ewers as a quarterback and all of this talent to be able to say, you got the guy that you want to tackle, that would be huge. And so I think to have him come in with all the commits that first weekend of June is going to be a huge statement for Ohio state. It's going to be a huge weekend for Ohio state. I think it puts a little bit of pressure on Ohio state to really roll out the red carpet and say, you're our guy at tackle. We, we need you in this class. We want you in this class and you're the priority. And I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. There's a, there's a weird parallel, I think, between 22 and the class of 21 where Ohio state thought they had JC Latham the entire time. And so they were a little slow in going out and really recruiting Tristan Lee. And it sort of bit them in the butt in the back end because they didn't get an opportunity to make up the time that they lost with Lee. And so he ends up signing with Clemson, where he had visited multiple times early. And now here you have Keontae Goodwin, who Ohio State felt very confident about for a long time, randomly commits to Kentucky. You don't know exactly when he's going to make a visit to Ohio State. You don't. I mean, I, I still think there's a good chance for the Buckeyes to land Keontae Goodwin down the road. But the longer it goes without him visiting, the harder it gets. And so now you're in this position where you have to make sure Zach Rice doesn't feel like he is a secondary option um, because there are schools that he's been able to visit multiple times in the last couple months, even with the dead period, like Virginia, which is just down the road for him, like North Carolina, who he's been to multiple times. He's got an official visit set to those two schools. He also has an official visit set to Notre Dame, who just had what four offensive linemen, five offensive linemen drafted, and then an official visit set to Alabama. And so now all of a sudden it's the same, same thing all over and over again. And, Greg Studrara, as you mentioned, has done a really good job developing the guys that are at Ohio State, did a great job making sure that the Buckeyes held on to Paris Johnson. But Paris Johnson's from Ohio. Uh, it, they were, it would have taken a major upset for that to, to go awry. Donovan Jackson, who the Buckeyes have signed in the class of 2021, is you know the top 10 player in the country. But he has Ohio roots, born and raised in Ohio. So it made that a little easier. Greg Studrara needs to go out and win one of these big-time national battles. and. I think that if the Buckeyes can allow themselves to, to, I don't want to say move away from Keontae Goodwin because you still want, that's still a guy they really want. They'd like to have a bolt, of course, but um, I think they have to be very, very conscientious about making sure Zach Rice realizes where he falls on their board right now. And to me, like I said, I think he might be the most important piece of the offense that the Buckeyes now have to go out and find a way to, to, to land. Yeah, because you feel good about where you're at at running back right now in recruiting. You feel good where you're at with two wide receivers already committed. You've got the number one player in America at quarterback committed. Now you need to tackle. You've, you've got to land this big national battle. And, and like you said, you know, Greg Sadrawa needs to go out and win a national battle. It's almost the, the last thing on his checklist. He just had his center and his guard drafted. He's going to have two pillars at tackle next year. He's, he's, you know he can develop guys from four and f- three, four, five-star status to become starters on a national championship caliber team. Now you wonder what he can do 
he lands one of those national battles and then gets to develop that guy. And I think it's really the last thing on the checklist since Ryan Day took over and Greg Sidrawa was was on the, the proverbial hot seat. You know, the last thing for him to do in this entire, you know, circle of almost uh, redeeming himself as the offensive line coach is win the national battle for the five-star tackle and develop him that way. And I think that's that's what he he has a chance to do, and, and it's going to be a hell of a chance the first weekend of June. Yeah, and and not just will Zach Rice be there that weekend, but Emil Wagner and you know 15, 16, 17 other offense or, or official visitors. And, and that's where I think it's interesting in a relationship that you are trying to really rapidly build. Maybe Kai Stokes has it right that it makes more sense to come on a less important weekend um, because that allows him to get more one-on-one time. So it, it's this balance of finding like the camaraderie uh, point that you're trying to build between Zach Rice and the rest of the class. And then there's the, okay, but now we also need to build a relationship with Zach Rice and the Ohio State coaching staff that, you know, according to his mom, uh, she told me the other day, like they, they sort of pushed they Zach and, and his family sort of decided during the season, which just finished in Virginia to, to slow down on recruiting. So now you, you, now you have to really ramp it back up. And so there's this balance for Ohio state of how you allow yourself to, to, to attack this. And I think it's always a good idea to let Quinn Ewers and, and CJ Hicks and those guys do the recruiting for you. Um, but it, it really is going to be incumbent on Greg Sudrara, as you said, to to go out and win this battle and make sure that he forges a relationship with Zach Rice that is better than what he's got at Virginia, North Carolina, Notre Dame, et cetera, where he's been before. Yeah, and I think people are going to brush off the the Virginia in that be just because it's a national battle. I wouldn't do that just yet. I, I you know, we've already seen Keonta Goodwin go to Kentucky somewhere, you know, when, when the Alabamas and Clemson and Ohio State are involved, you don't really think that's an option, but it definitely is an option. I wouldn't just brush that to the side right away. I do, Burm, have a question for you, and this is an unprompted question, so, but it has to do with all of these weekends and everything. Do you like that Ohio State is stacking all of its commits in the first weekend and then having uncommitted guys come on visits in the last, in the other three weekends? Because to me, it seems like, Almost CJ Hicks would be enough to have it that first weekend when all the uncommitted five star and big time prospects are there and let the other commits come on different weekends to be part of the recruitment. Because if you're going to preach the brotherhood, then it, the recruiting starts with the players. And those last three weekends, the committed guys are not going to be there as much as the first weekend. I just wonder what the strategy is here. And I, it's it's a good strategy. I'm not questioning what Ohio State's doing at all on the trail or bringing guys in. I just wonder, you know, what impact that'll have by having all the commits on one weekend. Well, I think, I mean, if you're talking about the brotherhood aspect that they try to sell, it's that reason that all those kids are feeling they have to be there the first weekend. They've all been waiting a year and a half to visit. Like now that they're allowed, all these kids who've forged this relationship with each other in the last year plus, like, they're desperate to get together and hang out. And so I think ultimately it may not even be Ohio state's decision. I, I think the kids saying, Hey, we all want to be here at this time. Let's do it. And then, you know, that guys like CJ Hicks um, and, and Gabe powers and Jair Brown, Tiger, Tisha Bola, et cetera, can just be on campus every other weekend if they want to be anyway. So you, you, it's not like you lose the ability to have those kids around the, the dead period will be over. They can make unofficial visits to the camps and stuff like that that are happening throughout the month. So I, I see what you're saying, but I think for Ohio State, it's about 
making sure that when you have a class right now that's built so uh, extensively with out-of-state talent, with the Quinn Ewers, with the Caleb Burtons, with uh, you know uh, Bennett Christians and Benji Gosnells and all these kids that have never got a chance to meet each other, I think it's important, more important for Ohio State to make sure they all meet and really kind of cement uh, the bonds that they have in order to, to build the class from there. Um, and maybe bring out, as we talked about last week, to maybe help bring out some of that um, class leader slash uh, front, you know, face of the program type recruiter role out of Quinn Ewers, et cetera, to really get them to understand what they're doing and why they're buying into this program. And um, I think that's why. And then you have scattered throughout the month. I mean, Jaheim Singletary is now going to visit at the end of the month. He's not visiting early. Uh, so you do have him coming up later. You do have the opportunity, um, you know, for players that are very, close to committing to Ohio State, guys like Dallin Hayden, et cetera, who I think showing up at the middle of the month, I don't think it matters. I, he knows who he is and where where he falls um, with Ohio State. Um, but but certainly it's the ability to get these kids back for unofficial trips that that really makes that easier to, to deal with because they're not, it's not like you get one and done and you lose the opportunity for CJ Hicks to be back on campus. So um, but, you know, for the other kids that the Buckeyes are recruiting that are not committed, it's probably more important for the staff to get to finally get some face time with them and to get to know them as people. But a lot of times it's because the staff wants those kids there, the uncommitted players, so that they can camp, so that they can watch them uh, and evaluate them, because that's really how they're going to be, um, you know, tying in these visits to the, to the camp opportunity. So. Well, you know, it's just a just a question that I had been kind of toying with and thinking about. You, it's always interesting to see how these visits play out and how they get scheduled. And and you know, it's very important for all of them to be on campus when Zach Rice comes and visits. And yeah, and, there, there's know, there's all strategic. I mean, trust me, there there is there is strategy, there's strategery across the board here for sure for Ohio State. Yeah, that's it. That's it for us, Spencer. Let's get out of here. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Buyers Automotive. Please go to lettermanrow.com. Check out all the latest on Ohio State football and recruiting coverage from myself, from Spencer, from Austin Ward, from, you know, the Buckeyes. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you next week.